My name is Margot Miller, and I lost two of my partners in a six-month period. Yo, yo, yo. This is David Ferrugio. We are on another episode of Dead Talks, I think this thing is called. Um, Before I get started to introduce my lovely guest today, one of my really good friends, I didn't tell you this when we started, um, pointed out that my podcast persona curses a lot. And I'm going to be a little conscious of cursing, but I'm from New York, raised in Jersey, so it's kind of like a second language. So if I do curse, for anyone listening, just letting you know, it's out of passion, that's just part of me. Anyway, nevertheless, um, I want to introduce my next guest. Uh, She is known as the T-Rex girl. She is a life coach, which I just learned, which is amazing. And you can find her on Instagram. I don't know if I'm giving permission again, at Margot Miller Inc. on Instagram. Easy to find. And as her Instagram alludes to, Margot Miller, thanks for coming. You're so welcome. Thanks for having me. Thanks, too. And uh, if anyone watching on YouTube, this is the first guest I give a blanket to. So yes. I'm sweating. She's cold. I'm freezing, I, but I'm warm now. Thanks okay, to this blanket. Great. Okay. So first blanket episode. As I mentioned and like to do, let's just uh, start wherever you please and then we'll kind of free ball from there. Okay. Sounds great. I love death. So I'm happy to be here. <laughs> you know, I, love and death is usually on the opposite ends of the spectrum. So I'm, I'm glad that's a fun way to look at it. Oh my God. I was so looking forward to this. Yeah. Hot start. Yeah. Okay. I'm not sure many people start like that, but that's where I like to go. Yeah. I think that's, I, I had a feeling it was going to be, uh, you know, my, my tonality, I wanted these discussions to be, not that I'm going to force it. Mm-hmm. It's a little less sad, um, but mm-hmm. obviously it's going to be a roller coaster. So when someone comes on saying, you know, something relating to love, fun with death, it's going to be an interesting take. So I look forward to hearing it. Totally. So I don't know if this is like, I feel like I, I feel like I see things really weirdly. I always joke with my friends that I'm like an alien, but I don't feel like death is like a bad thing. Like I feel like, I don't know if you've ever been in like a meditation or if you feel like you're from like another planet or you like tap into other places, but I feel like when you die, it's just like peace and bliss or that's what like I imagine crossing over being like. And why do you imagine that? Is this something you just, you're fantasizing about or when you're saying you're tapping into these other areas you've experienced and what does that mean tapping into? (laughs) Okay, so... I should have asked one at a time, but there's so many questions. (laughs) Okay. So I always joke that I'm like an alien because I really feel like I'm from another planet. Wow. Like, (laughs) I feel like being in a human body is so weird. I think Earth is like the weirdest fucking place. Like every day I wake up, I'm like, what are we doing here? Like, it's so foreign. Okay. Like, I feel like a foreigner every day I wake up. And so I've had like really crazy trippy experiences in meditations, like sober, not like taking hallucinogens, but I've had like really out of body experiences a lot. Mm. And I feel like, yeah, I just feel like there, I I just believe that there's so many other like planets and worlds and different places. And I think like earth is a really kind of like limiting, um, experience but Mm -hmm. I think it's really cool because we get to come here and we get to create whatever it is that we want but we have to like break through our own personal like limitations in our mind and stuff in this body right so anyways I don't know I think death is really cool I think it's like freeing right and that's interesting too because you know it's sad like you mentioned on the phone call prior to coming here that it's sad for the people that are still here 100% like I wonder I, I don't know the answer but maybe the other side is significantly better. I think that's what most religions believe. And most, most people I think believe not most, I can't say most, what some people believe, you know, the next, the next step, whatever that may be, could be a lot better. So 
why we should be happy for them if that's the case. But obviously it's sad. We're just genuinely just miss the person. Of course. I think when someone, especially close to us, like family, especially like losing a child or a parent, like it can be super traumatizing mm-hmm. and like horrible. But I think that person is like free of suffering. Like Right. We create suffering. It's like it's we something do. we define. I, one of the prior episodes I mentioned, Erica, she kind of explained how it's just anything. We just define these things. You know, mm-hmm. once you define it, that's creating the suffering. That's creating the fear. We're just you know, telling a story that mm. doesn't really exist. We're just, you know, <laughs> most fear is something that hasn't happened. Mm. But um, I don't know, that, that, that makes a lot of sense. And you mentioned prior, uh, you know, c- comparing it to losing a, a child or whoever, your first experience with death was relating, not your first experience, but was one with partner? Actually, yeah. So my like first experience with someone close to me was actually having two exes pass away in like a six month period. Jeez. I tell people that on a first date and they're always like, oh, Oh, should I go? <laughs> like, well, it's a risk. You know, that's good for a cop out. Instead of people getting <laughs> yeah. a phone call, it's like, oh, by the way, it's like, oh, I'm out. All right, I cool. know. You'd be amazed how many people stick around after that. <laughs> yeah, geez. Okay. I'd be just tempted, I guess. I don't know. What would you do? If someone said that to me? On a first date. I don't know. What a dessert. <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of, I'm more of an improv off the cuff guy. Yeah. So I'll just, if we go on a date after this, we'll find out. Okay, um, deal. One step at a time here. Okay. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. yeah. Um, so go on. Yeah, so um, one of them passed away from leukemia because people then people are always like, well, did you have anything to do with it? They think I'm like, you know. But um, no, so one passed away from leukemia and then the other one, this is like really sad, but he he couldn't get sober and he ended up, um, I went to high school with him and he ended up uh, having a seizure. He cracked his head open and like bled out and his mom came and found him in her home. I know. What was he sober from? What was he not sober from? Uh, He had a drug addiction. Okay. So... His, th- his whole thing was like opiates and things like that. Got it. And the first person who passed from leukemia, uh-huh. how long were you with him? Uh, he was my first like serious boyfriend ever. I was with him for like a year in high school. Okay. And then the the other guy I also met in high school, but I dated him in college. So they were like my two longest, most serious relationships. And how old are you? Like, is that 17, 18? Does that make sense? I was like 25, 26 when they passed away. Oh, got it. So okay. I wasn't I was... with them in, like, I wasn't with them in a relationship, mm-hmm. but- um, it had been like a couple years since I had been out of relationships with both of them, but then they both pass at a similar time. Got it. So you explained, you know, your perception on death now, how you think it's liberating. Did you feel that way when you experienced their death? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, I've, I think I've always had this feeling that like death, like I always felt like life can bring challenges, but I always felt death was like this peaceful place. So for me, like, especially I knew one of them was really just struggled being here on earth. Like, I think some people just like create their own suffering and they just don't have any tools to get out of it. So mm-hmm. I was like, he's free. Like he suffered. He did not know, like he could not get sober. And like his life was just like in and out of prison. It got really dark. And so I was like, he's like, fine. He's like, okay. Um, the other one I didn't have a lot of connection with, like right before he passed that one was like a little different because I feel like he had set up his whole life. He was in the Navy. He set up his entire life and was engaged. And he went through the Navy so that he would have like a really good future. And like right after he finished the Navy and got engaged, he passed. So his was a little bit like, I'm not sure his level of like suffering, but yeah, I think, yeah, I just, I knew that like one of them was at peace finally. And the one that you said you felt it was, uh, you know, he was going to a better place. It was a relief. Mm-hmm. Was that the one that was um, having the drug addictions? Yeah. Got it. And you mentioned if you've been sober for 13 years. Yeah. So what's your perspective on that? Because you did mention uh, prior to hitting record, 
that you've seen a lot of people in the sober community, um, you know, unfortunately pass away. Oh my God. Yeah. And you've used that to your own benefit in the most positive way. What do you, if you mind alluding to that? Yeah, of course. So I got sober really young. I got sober before I could even legally drink. And I don't even, I think being in that environment and watching so many people's lives get taken from addiction, like it, it, you almost get like immune to it. It's kind of sad because you're just like everyone, like if you don't stay sober, if you have an addiction problem, like you're probably going to die. And then when you stick around long enough, like as long as I have, it's true. Like I've had people I sponsored have passed like super young. Um, my ex that passed. And then I had uh, someone who was like my sober living mom. She was like literally like a surrogate mom to me. People would be like, when we'd go out, they'd like, is that your mom? And we would always say, yeah, she ended up relapsing and ended up passing away too. So like it literally just like people either end up like dead or like institutionalized in like a prison or. So what do you mean immune? You mean like desensitized to yeah, desensitized. what happens to them? Yeah. So how did you use it to your, to your benefit? If that's all right. So I honestly feel like my heart just goes out to people who can't get sober because I've watched so many people struggle with it. And for some reason, I was just able to like commit to it at such a young age. And just anytime it was so interesting because right before each person passed that I was really close to, I would like start getting thoughts about drinking. And then like someone close to me would pass away. And I was like, look, I was like given this gift of like sobriety and like I can't drink because it would be like dishonoring to them. And like I was like... I for some reason, whatever reason it is, like I've been able to stay sober and they haven't. And if I pick up a drink, it's like, I feel like I, I'm like honoring their life by staying sober. Wow. Yeah. How did you figure, is that just a natural thing or is that another sponsor told you that? How did you figure that out? That was just more of like an intuitive feeling. Like it was more of like a perspective of like, I, I just had this feeling like if I picked up, it wasn't like there was a higher purpose for me staying sober. And like, if I took a drink, I would just, I don't know. I just had this intuition that it was like, I'm dishonoring them. Like I, I, once one of my exes passed away, I felt like he was always kind of with me. Mm -hmm. And I just felt like it would be like I would be, I don't know. I just felt like I was meant to carry the life that they couldn't live. Wow. Yeah. That's powerful. I know. Especially you get the, you do get the, you still get the urge to want to drink. It's interesting that counteract, that counteracts it so easily. Yeah. I haven't had a desire to drink in years and years. It's pretty much something I literally never even think about. In fact, I like, it's not even really like an effort. It was only right before those incidences happen. So I don't know, maybe I was picking up on like their cravings because we were so close. Mm -hmm. I don't know what it was, but it was always right before someone passed. It would be like, I would, for some reason out of the blue, kind of have these weird cravings and something would happen. <clears throat> That's, it's crazy. I can't, I wish I could, I don't wish. I don't know if I wish. I can't, I can't relate to that. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, prior episode as well, and we spoke about it. It relates to I'm going to butcher this the way she said it, butcher. but uh, I'm butchering it. <laughs> speaking of butcher, <laughs> oh yeah, speaking of butcher, before I came on, she says, I'm the first person she didn't think I was a serial killer yes. before meeting. Cause we just met. We're just, it's amazing. We just first time we met and we're sitting here doing a podcast <laughs> going off the rails right now, back to where we were. Uh, a prior guest, Erica mentioned, you know, at the level that you could, you know, find peace or accept death is this is kind of proportionate to the way you can live life. Mm. And what I took as she meant by that is, you know, our, and it's kind of the purpose of this podcast and this discussion is the sooner we can accept and find any sort of peace with the fact that we're going to die and that we're going to encounter life and death, it will release some of the tension and the resistance of how we can live our current life. Mm. So 
I think that relates and why I'm bringing it up is because your perspective, how I'm interpreting it, correct me if I'm wrong, is that you seem to maybe think about death relatively often. And I think most people would think like, I try to avoid thinking about it, but the way you're, I think about it all the time. And I think the fact that you're thinking about it and conscious of it and aware of it and comfortable with it and see it as a peaceful thing <laughs> helps you live your current life. Would you agree? hundred percent. I'm laughing because last <laughs> night, my fr- like, so I keep booking all these trips and my friend was like, what about the coronavirus? Like, aren't you nervous? I was like, oh, if I go, I go. And she's thought, she's like, oh, if you like go on the trip, you go on the trip. I'm like, no, if I go, I go. She's like, holy <laughs> shit, you're talking about death. I'm yeah. like, yeah, like if I die, I die. Like I literally, I don't, I don't have a lot of resistance to mm-hmm. it. And I'm just kind of, she was like, okay, that's a little like morbid, like get a mask, like get hand sanitizers. Yeah. But I'm like, I don't like, I don't, it doesn't register. Cause I, I've always felt like that too, though. But that's, I think I, I beg to differ on what you just said, because I think it does register. And I think that's why mm. you're able to do what you do and just mm. be so happy go lucky. I mean, I, I don't know you that well, so I don't know what the hell else is going on, but you seem pretty <laughs> happy. You seem like, and I wonder how much that equates to mm. your acceptance and your perspective on death, whether you mm-hmm. be, agree with it or not. If you, if anyone could find peace in some sense with death, mm-hmm. you know, that, that the perspective you have on death affects our everyday choices. Mm-hmm. For example, you want to go on this trip? Oh, I don't know. I'm scared of flights. I might crash. The plane might crash, blah, blah, blah. Once again, death is affecting your decision to go on a trip. Or, mm-hmm. you know, some people have the opposite spectrum and, oh, fuck it, I'm going to die. So I'm going to do this anyway. So it's just so wild how much our, you know, definition and insight on death affects every day of our life. Mm. And it's impressive how you think like that. I'm just trying to figure out if that's just always been truly intuitive or your close encounters with death have evolved your perspective, your perception on death. Yeah. I can think of one other like contributing factor in my life was like, I had a neurological condition. I was like bedridden for like years. Wow. And how old? Like this was, I was like late twenties. Okay. And I just like literally stared at a wall for like years. And I was like, it completely changed my perspective on life. And I was like, okay, if I like die, and I thought about this every day, I'm like, cause I kind of felt like a dead person. I was like a corpse. No shit. And I was like, all right, if I like died tomorrow, like what would truly matter to me in life? Like, fuck these accomplishments. Sorry, I'm swearing too. Like just- I have, have I cursed yet? No, I broke no. off. I no, swear I mean, you're, you. It's okay. You're not the host right now. So this is my show. <laughs> cool. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, go on, go on, go on. I just, it was like literally nothing mattered and it was like so liberating. It like completely changed the course of my life. And I try to like, whenever I get stuck on something, like even a thought or an emotion or something, like I go back to that feeling of like, well, what truly matters? Like I tell myself all the time, like, I'm like, okay, if I died tomorrow, like what would matter right now for the rest of this night? Like what would, I don't know, like what would matter to you? Like if you died tomorrow, what would, how would you want to spend the next six hours? Six hours. I mean, unfortunately, it takes six hours for me to fly to Jersey. So (laughs) my first thought is my my first, my family, my mom, my sisters, and everyone else. So that kind of sucks. What if you Facetime them on the whole flight? Then I get there and I die. No, no, no. You (laughs) Facetime them from here. (laughs) Yeah, I would definitely, I would definitely contact um, my my family for sure. But if I only had six hours. Oh man, that's a whole nother discussion. I don't, <laughs> I don't know how much I want to reveal right now, but the first thing that comes to thought is my family, oh, for sure. Man. I mean, I'm sure it's different for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, if I had more time, I would do some other wild shit. Okay, do you have 24 hours? We'll extend it. Oh, jeez, you're really putting me on the spot here. <laughs> um, if I had 24 hours to live, mm-hmm. I kind of want to cause some mischief in like a good way, Ooh. where I would just tell everyone how I feel on the street. I would try to leave a powerful mm-hmm. message if I could. I would try to just leave as much 
I don't want to go on complimenting anyone. I'm going to cut this off for now because I don't have a good answer right now. So if <laughs> we're going to come back on the next, like whatever time I come up with a good answer, I'm just going to randomly say it in the next episode. Perfect. But what did you realize? What did you realize was important to you? Oh my God. So much. I just, well, I hated what I was doing. Well, so you were, <laughs> I quit I, my career. You quit at that time? Yeah. You were, so you were literally bedridden? For... So I was bedridden. I was getting my master's degree. I was going to get scholarship to get my doctorate to become this like clinical psychologist. And I, I hated it. Mm-hmm. Literally hated it. I like loved working with people and I love parts of it, but I felt so confined. Like my personality is like so big. I literally felt suffocated. You felt suffocated? Why? Because the people around you or the genre? No, of because the, like I had to go into this like office and like play this role and it was like so confining. Yeah, I can't see you in an office. <laughs> yes, so, <laughs> that revert, alone. <laughs> reverting back to my introduction of her, she goes by the T-Rex girl for a reason. Yes. And you go on her Instagram at Margot Miller Inc. You'll see this wild ass <laughs> dance a ritual. I don't know what the dance is. It's a T-Rex. Picture a T-Rex yeah. in their arms. Like she yeah. does that. So That's my move. So if I'm seeing if that's your move, I could not see you in an office. That makes sense. Right. Right. Like it just didn't fit the personality. So what you found was important of just how you're spending your time or... It was more a way of being in life. So it wasn't necessarily that I had to go out and like create this like grand new life. It was more like me truly showing up in whatever moment, but like being myself more. Like I felt so confined and constricted. And it's like I ended up moving to LA and I just like totally like let me out into the world, I feel like. And I just, it was less about like, creating some goal or some big like career accomplishment or getting that doctorate just to be like, call me a doc. Like it was more just like, how do I want to be? And how do I want to show up? Even if it was like just this podcast, like how do I want to show up to this or getting coffee with a friend? Like, how do I want to show up to that? It was like a way of being with the world that was like, felt more like the energy of me instead of just it being like, all right, you do this to do that. to do that. It was like less, I don't know. I felt like free in a way. Yeah, it makes sense. It sounds like it's a blend of just living in the present and also like the goal of being, you know, work, it's being the best version of you yes, as opposed to the accolades and all the shit that you yeah. can't take with you. That doesn't really matter. Yes. I was saying it doesn't matter, but, but I'm kind of saying it doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, all these things we're chasing and, uh, how much of it really does matter. So I've never been in a situation, thank God, ever been in a life or death situation or a situation where I, maybe one, but that wasn't, that was me like almost drowning in the ocean by myself. Cause I lost my boogie board. Oh my that's God. What, how old are you? Since <laughs> like two years ago, <laughs> like last last weekend, <laughs> it was like two years ago. But anyway, I oh it was funny because I was always underwater. Do you was, not know how to swim? No, I'm a good swimmer. Oh, okay. it was just the weight. I, okay, the waves were pretty bad. They were pretty <laughs> gnarly. Right. It was like me and my. Like, I was like the only one out there. Like, a, like not a smart person. I don't want to say the wrong word there. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember being underwater for. It was like probably like forty five. Probably like a minute and twenty seconds would have felt like an eternity of getting pushed under under. And I was like looking up underwater. I was like in my head. I was it was all slowed down. I was like in my head. I was just saying. I'm, I, is this really how I'm going to go? Oh I gave myself like a 50-50 shot and they're coming out. It was totally fine. But what I'm alluding to is I've never been in that situation to really contemplate life like that. Mm-hmm. I've contemplated it from just my own experience with my father and just thinking about life. So is that the turning point for you or was it was that around this before or after you lost both your partners? That was after. So it was like an accumulation. Yeah. Yeah. So then how do you see death now? Like, What, what does it make you feel? It just... It just changes the way you live life. Is that what you're saying? I think it's more like my perspectives and the way I show up to life. So then how do you, do you have a process of mourning when you, when these people died? Oh my God, a hundred percent. Yeah. What was that for you? The one that ended up passing away from the drug addiction. I was like devastated. Like he was like the love of my life. Like I really, we had like a really, he called me actually right the day before he died and was like talking about wanting to have like a family with me and like our, like 
he would always be like, you're the one that got away. And like, we had a really crazy connection. So that one was really hard. It was actually when I, I had a session with a medium and that like gave me more peace than anything I had ever done. He came through? He came through really strong. But what, uh... So she was like, there's, she's like, there's someone here and he wants to like tell you that you were like the love of his life. He didn't know how many people actually cared about him. She was like, he wants you to, this is me not telling her a thing. Okay. She was like, he wants you to know that he's having a sober party now. She's like, does that mean anything to you? Like he's oh, sober wow. having a party. And I was like, yes, that means something. So does that mean there's alcohol in heaven? <laughs> I guess not. It was maybe that's the only reason he had. Sober party. It was a forced sober I mean, party. He played the cards right. I think that's, you got to say that it makes sense. Yeah, totally. So it was a dry party, okay. and um, yeah, and and she was like, he, she actually was like, he's trying to pick out a good boyfriend for you. Really? Yeah. I mean, I don't know what he was doing because it's been years later, and I'm still single. So uh, maybe he's high standards for you. <laughs> yeah, he's really searching. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> he's doing a lot of work, but I guess he was like kind of stuck because he he died young, and it was like obviously really traumatic. So she said he he hadn't fully crossed over because he was still trying to like get resolution with like how he had left and the people that were so devastated by his loss. How, how long after his death did you see a medium? Oh, good question. So she kind of came to me. I didn't like go searching her out. I met someone. They were like, you have to see this lady. Okay. And I was like, cool. Okay. Like if they swear by it, she actually doesn't even like promote herself. It's not a business. She's like a stay at home mom, but like once in a while, specific oh. people she'll do readings on. Sounds more authentic then. Yeah. It was a lot more authentic. And okay. she came to my house and she like actually picked up on like some, my mom's brother passed away in a war and she picked up on all that too. And my grandma. Um, but what was the question? All right. <laughs> Where are we going? With this? <laughs> right, oh, I was, was going to let you fly. Um, <laughs> how, how long after time. he passed did you see the medium? Like how much? Oh, how it after? had been like a good couple years. Oh wow, yeah, oh, that's a long time. So I was like sad for a long time. All those years, you just felt it. Yeah. Okay, so if you really felt it, like if someone, I, I don't. This is a weird hypothetical, but if someone were to pass today, like, like you know, close to you. Mm-hmm. Would you, obviously it would be painful and it would suck, but do you think you'd handle it different from where you are today comparatively to how you experienced that? That's a really good question. I think it depends. I'm asking like, a lot of good questions, aren't You're I? asking some really good right questions. Now, okay. You are. This boy is on fire. Okay. Um, it just, honestly, it depends circumstantial. Like, I think it's how that person, it'd be hard because I like think about like, oh my God, if like one of my best friends died, like... I think yeah, I don't want to put a weird like hypothetical. I didn't mean it like that. No, but, totally. You know what I mean? But I think it's because he was suffering too that there was like. But some people when they pass, it's like I'm like, oh man, there was like this feeling of like their their job wasn't done here or like whatever. But I I truly believe that people. I believe that people go when they're like meant to. I mm-hmm. also feel like we kind of co-create our destiny. So if like you were really unhappy here, you might manifest a quicker death. Mm-hmm. But I really feel like we just go when we go. Right. And like whatever time we had here was like the amount of time we were supposed to have. So do you, is it a blend of, uh, you know, predetermination or free will? Or I think how- it's a combination. Okay. I do. So if one of my friends passed away, I would just, I would literally feel like they were at the, I think it's like, I've never taken ecstasy, but I imagine it being like on E, like just this happy euphoric place where there's like no, it's like calm, like a calm euphoria. It's on the other side? Yeah. Jim Jeffries, uh, I don't know if you know Jim Jeffries, a no. hilarious Australian comedian. He has one of the greatest stand-up bits I've ever seen. I forget for the name of what it was, but uh, anyway, he made a joke. He, was, I think he's an atheist, mm-hmm. uh, at least at the time he was. I don't know what he is now. And he was saying, I don't care. 
how how amazing it is. It's eternal. It's forever. Eventually, I'll get bored, <laughs> which was kind of a good point. I was thinking, I was like, that shit must, must be great over there if, you know, it's that good forever. Like, eternal is a scary word. So right. that's what freaks me out is, like, the mm. idea of just eternal forever. Like, that's what kind of freaks me out. Like, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not so scared about death. I haven't, you know, mastered the acceptance of death. I think I'm at a good place. Mm-hmm. But what really freaks me out is what is the like? I guess it's so good that it doesn't even matter. Like it, it's just that good. But no, I've also heard that what like he's right. Like I've heard that it gets boring, so that's why people choose to incarnate into bodies. Like we're oh. up there floating around, and we're like, "Wee, this is like so amazing." And then we're like, "Ah, eh, I think I'm gonna go choose a body," and then we come in to Earth. That sounds more fun. If reincarnation, <laughs> if reincarnation yeah. is like random, like poof, I'm gonna oh <laughs> shit, I'm this motherfucker again. <laughs> Damn it, I cursed. <laughs> then that kind of, I don't know about, I don't know if I'd want to come back down, uh, left, right. I don't know. But if it's like, oh, I could be that person, that's yeah. kind of, that's kind of. So you would, but what if you could choose it? So if you could choose it, you'd come back. Yeah. Do you believe in reincarnation? I don't know what I, I I'm, I'm kind of a school of skepticism in a sense mm-hmm. that I, I have my beliefs, mm-hmm. but I'm also open to hearing other people's beliefs mm-hmm. and might change my mind in a sense that, oh, that's a good reason. Like, okay, mm-hmm. I hear you. If you believe that, cool. If I believe that's fine, <laughs> you believe whatever makes you happy. Yeah. I'm not going to force an issue on anyone. I'm not going to just say what I believe is right. Mm. I have my strong beliefs, but maybe, I don't know. I don't see, I don't see why not. Like I've heard people give me a, give, you know, astrological readings and past life regressions and stuff mm-hmm. like that, that would allude to that existing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my buddy, my buddy mentioned that he, I guess, saw someone from a past life regressionist. Mm-hmm. Is that a word? Yeah. He, uh, she told him that he did some really bad stuff in a past life, mm-hmm. and this is his turn to like make it right. The karmic, yeah, yeah, I guess. And I guess like, damn, what'd you do? Like that, that's <laughs> yeah. kind of crazy too. But I, I don't know. I don't. I don't have an answer. I mean, mm-hmm. maybe my answer is like maybe mm-hmm. we'll find out. We'll mm-hmm. see. If you had to pick anyone, who would you come back in? And like a specific person. Yeah, a specific person. <laughs> The first one, for whatever reason, the first one that came to my mind was Shaquille O'Neal. Oh. That's probably not going to be my answer when I hit stop hitting record. <laughs> <laughs> I think it'd be cool to be seven, like seven feet tall, just that good of a basketball player. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's probably not the best answer. <laughs> but Shaquille O'Neal <laughs> was the first person that came to my mind. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. Maybe that's who you'll come back. Can there be another Shaq? Uh, yeah. No, no. Shaq, Shaq. Shaq, Shaq. Shaq, Shaq. Yeah. Why would you, who, would you, would you want to come back? I don't know. Let's just find out. We're, like, we're not going to find out in this conversation, but we'll, we'll just find out. Um, so overall, you feel you seem to you feel good at this place from from where your exes are. Like, where are you from that, to the morning process to today? A hun- oh, I, oh! The second after I saw that medium, I was like ten out of ten. Okay, like completely, like all my sad, all the grief left me. Really, like, completely gone. It was like instantaneously. I feel really, really sad for like their friends and family. Like, I don't think you can ever as I mean, you know what it's like more so than I do to lose like a close family member. I don't know if you ever get over that. And so obviously like my heart goes out to like everyone that was affected by it. But with them, I fully believe like he's in a good place. I feel his energy all the time. Like I, there's no grief on my end anymore. Yeah. I mean, I guess when you have an experience like that where, you know, you felt, you know, you believe that he did come through and he told you that that's, that's hard to not be okay with. Besides, uh, you know, the inherent feeling of just missing someone mm-hmm. that's always there. But yeah, that's if I never, I'm, I saw a medium with my family when I was younger, but I was, I was super young and I, I don't really, you know, nothing crazy happened for me personally. So I've always contemplated going to one. I just haven't um, been nudged to really be drawn to do it. Mm. You know, I, I, I just don't know how I feel about that. Um, I, I've been there. My, my family's done it. So I'm mm. open to it. I just haven't 
you know, taking that step to do it. But yeah, that's an interesting way to find pieces that when, you know, when you feel that they've spoken to you and it's like they've mm. verbally quote unquote told you what's up, then yeah, you're good. Yeah. It's really weird. Cause I can feel, I feel like their energy with me. There was like this weird, so I lived in Laguna beach and I would go down the Canyon. It was so weird. Every time I went through this ca- weird Canyon, I like, I don't even know how to ex- like explain it, but I felt like their presence all around me. And intuitively you just knew it was them. Yeah. It was like they were coming through to me. Have you I don't think that? I've ever told anyone that in my life. Well, that's actually added sound effect there. Um, <laughs> so that was the first time this happened. Like it just first time every it happened, single it? time I drive through this canyon. Has anything happened in the past at that canyon or in that area? Fuck, we need to find out. Like with you specifically? Oh, well, there is like um, no. I mean, it, in the canyon there is like an AA meeting spot, like a go-to AA meeting spot. So maybe that was his way of like. He used to go there. He, no, he, huh. he never even, I don't, but there's, I don't know what it is. There's like some energy in that area where every time I pass through, it is like, I can completely feel their presence. What does that mean? What do you feel? It just feels like they're there. Yeah. It's like as if they were like sitting in the room with us. Ooh. Is that, um, has that happened at any other place or time with you or anyone else or only there? Um, when my, I, when my grandma passed away, it was like a really interesting experience. So she, um, like, I think she like ended up like falling down the stairs and she was like put in like a coma. She couldn't, she went blind and she couldn't like hear anything. She couldn't talk. And we went to go visit her in the hospital and they're like, she can't talk. She can't see like nothing. And I just sat there and I kept telling her like every single person like that loved her. I was like, I love you. Like my mom loves you. And like, and even like the gardener, like every single, even the house people, anyone that's ever in her life, I just kept telling them that 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 person loves you. And like, I told her like, it's safe. If you need to go, you can go. Like, don't feel like you need to hold on for us anymore. And all of a sudden out of thin air she's like oh hey honey like oh thanks sweetie like i know i can go but like i'd rather like be here with you and she was like just to you just like she completely came coherent it was so my mom was there and she was like whoa and then we ended up like leaving and then a couple days later we went to go visit her but before we got there she passed what what is that i don't know what is that? I don't know. It was really weird, but she couldn't see. She couldn't talk. She wasn't understanding anyone or anything. And then out of nowhere, she just came to? And it was like a full-blown conversation, like she was completely healthy. And then I want, was there, oh, well, <laughs> there, was there a point where she just veered back into that? Yes, co- yes. Then she went back into that state, like after like a couple. See, what is that? that what is that? What is that? And then she was yelling out Paul, who was the love of her life, who passed away. So she was, and then like. She died like a couple of days later. She went up, Paul. Yeah, I heard. I guess. I guess there's a certain, um, you know, limbo state mm. where I forget who was telling me the story. Shit, was it? I don't know if it was on one of my episodes already. I feel bad for not remembering, but that I guess someone they lost was kind of actually thought she would die. Or I guess she came back. I guess she might have. I don't know. It was a near death experience. She ended up dying, but I don't know. She had some kind of traumatic event that happened to her body, and then she kind of came back. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, she actually came out saying, "Oh, like, I thought I, I thought I was dead." Like I'm still alive. So I wonder if there is a limbo state where it's kind of like in between consciousness and whatever ne- is next. And she kind of was right there where she saw Paul and then she's back on here. And then, so that's a weird back and forth. I've heard that too. I've heard that like people can kind of go and then they like have a choice if they want to come back or not. I've heard that. Damn. Yeah. I well, know. I what that's like. It's just like, <laughs> hey man, who's, who's there asking the questions? Like, hey, do you want to stay or go? <laughs> I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I'll come here. This I know. Nice. It happened to my business coach. She, what happened? She died. And like, she literally was like, I have 
She was like, I was given a choice. Who I'm gave like, her a choice? I don't know. <laughs> what does that mean? I don't know. She was like, I made the decision to come back and like stay. I don't know. Oh, you mentioned her. Yeah, I right. did. I told, yeah. You, you didn't mention that. You have you to interview her. her next. Damn. Someone gave her a choice? Yeah. She came back and she's like, became super wealthy and like, it. W- and now she's like, that's what she does. She helps other like entrepreneurs create like massive wealth. Like it was really crazy. What happened to? I mean, I will. Yeah, well, you you gotta ask her. Natural. I don't know. Maybe maybe I'll talk to her. I mean, I'd love to, but that's, yeah. But well, I think that probably was what happened to my grandma. There was like that limbo stage. Yeah, the limbo stage is I've I've heard that as of you, but that all of a sudden coming back to being you know sharp again. Yeah, that's like a weird. It's like a jolt. That w- it was a jolt. What's your take on that? I think she. I think she felt the energy of me, and like she came through to like. Get, like I also feel like it's important to give people permission to go if they want to go. Like I think I've been told sometimes people actually won't pass away when their loved ones are in the room as much because they feel guilty leaving them. Mm-hmm. So it's actually when you like leave the hospital is usually when they'll end up like passing. So that happened with my uh, grandma. I've heard that too. Yeah, we were like we couldn't get there in time, and and she ended up passing like moments before we got there because they have an easier time leaving without the people around them. So I just kept telling her like, you have permission to go. And for whatever reason, I don't know what that was, but she came back in fully. Maybe she just felt like before she needed to leave, like she needed Mm. to have like closure or have that conversation before she left. So since you had that experience going to the medium with your ex that passed Mm -hmm. and you know, you had that closure, Mm -hmm. he kind of came through to you. Does that, does that prepare you in a sense that, looking toward does that make you look at every other death like okay that, that kind of confirmed that we're going somewhere else that seems okay so does that automatically give you peace with anyone else that's died after him does that make sense yeah that's a really good question um i don't think i've had anyone like super close to me mm-hmm. since then pass away like yeah even if they ha- even if you haven't like is that how you think you'd look at it now is, i feel like that's because when you have I, I wonder if it need you'll need to have another experience like not you mm-hmm. but anyone like if that like i'm thinking like if, if that's one case that happened i'm sure it happens to everyone else that passes so that kind of gives peace in that sense too like whatever's next i think that they're all going to be okay yeah oh 100 percent. oh i i never worry about the people that pass yeah, so it's, like, like you said it's us yeah it's it's the it's yeah so it's saying if someone passes, we should have a funeral for us. A hundred percent. Like if I die, like my friends, they were all like saying like, okay, if I die, like what they want their funeral. I'm like, dude, I want to have like a roast. Like I want people to roast me, <laughs> yeah, have a party, get drunk. Like if yeah. you're not an alcoholic, like get drunk. Like it's a celebration. Celebration. Yeah. Uh, I heard and someone told me, I, once again, I hope I'm not misspeaking. I, I don't know. I'm not going to look up on Google right now, but I think it's um, more of an Indian culture. They kind of celebrate life. They wear, I believe they wear white, for instance, and we're, you know, we wear black and it's sad. Mm. And once again, of course it's sad because you miss the person. And I think it's, I wonder if it's more, I think it's more missing the person and pain as opposed to like, oh man, they went somewhere else. It's terrible. I think it's just the fact that we miss them. We're never going yeah. to speak to them again. Yeah. And that's what hurts. But in other cultures, uh, you know, I hear it's a totally different vibe. Uh, a, a, a buddy of mine also mentioned he's Puerto Rican and Puerto Rican. Oh. And he told me that, for example, if someone dies on a motorcycle, they would literally prop up a motorcycle and put the body on the motorcycle for everyone to see. Like that's very graphic. <laughs> Whoa. That's just one what? way it's one way they do it. I guess it's just it's kind of the premise of why the name of this podcast is Dead Talks. Like it's right in your face, but it's also coming like it's like pulling off a band-aid. It's like, oh, that hurts. It's like, oh, okay. Mm. It's okay. Like, like mm. that's very that's very graphic. Like, mm. especially if it's the same motorcycle. Mm. But it's just interesting to see how different cultures, you know, face it 
and how mm. some other cultures will celebrate it. it is it should be a celebration i know it's hard especially when people go young like if there's oh, a child yeah. or someone that goes quick or that's definitely you know I, I can understand the rationale behind it but i think also rationale is the problem mm. you know i mean the fact that we are rational about so many things um you know i don't know maybe we, i think being irrational and seeing things as more possible mm. is almost correct I love that. Yeah, it's like the rationality behind everything limits us. Right. And I've, I've always considered myself, you know, a, a rational person because I am. Mm -hmm. But like slowly it's like, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know how, how what we have pack in and what, what mm -hmm. we can actually do or we're capable mm -hmm. of and what happens next. But, you know, it's funny how the rationale at the end of the day is what limits us in my opinion. Mm, I but, love that. Yeah, so we should all be less rational. Yeah, well – I think I actually need a little more rational. Oh, perfect. We're, we're a good blend. We, have, we yeah. can mix together because I don't think I have any of that in me. Yeah, no, I think you have a good – you have a really cool perspective on it. I was thinking about it, how you uh, – you know, our first – on our phone call this morning, you were talking about how it's – did you say fun? I think you – I don't know if you literally used the word fun. I hung up the phone. I'm like, damn, that's not a – that is – those are usually two mutually exclusive words of fun and death. I was like, oh, this is going to be an interesting I'm talk. Like, fun. I love death. Death is great. Yeah, but you have a smorgasbord of experiences. I've been always – I'm happy I finally said smorgasbord on this that podcast. A, that was a really cool word. Yeah. I was like, damn, I'm going to try to use that yeah. at some point. <laughs> it's a good word, smorgasbord. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you have, you have a, a kind of a, a wide array of experiences with death and, and it's great that you haven't lost someone close because – I want people to understand and be appreciative of what we have and not wait for a traumatic experience mm -hmm. because, you know, as messed up as death is, it really can open your eyes. You can go one way or the other. And it's interesting how you had the experience personally. Like I've, it seemed like obviously you had an eye-opening experience with the medium, but you seem to really contemplate life and death in your own personal experience when you were in that the what you were bedridden? Yeah, I was like that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, all the time. And, but you were consciously able to think. Like it was, yeah. it was just a yeah. more physical thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Got it. So, I mean, you are blessed to not have lost someone. You know, you have lost someone, but you said not someone like a family right. member, blah, 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 which is right. great. But I mean, it's nice to hear that someone like you has that perspective on death and seems like a pretty level headed piece on it. So you feel, you feel like you're at peace, right? Yeah, totally. So, yeah. what do you think has come out of your experience with your father passing? Uh, you know, uh, a lot of it has happened as I got older and I made the realizations we have said before. Um, I, th I think it just brings back to, yeah, it's very simple. It's very cliche, but just the fact that, you know, at any moment it could happen. Mm. And so that's why it's very important just to be present and, and just be good to the people around you. At the end of the day, I think what we are just, is just, a f we're feeling how we feel, how we feel. So it's important to just spread a good feeling to everyone mm. around you, live life in the present moment and just be good to everyone. It's simple as that. Let's just be good to everyone. Live in the moment and not sweat the 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 mm -hmm. little the the little shit. It's yeah. Really, not, don't all this shit. Is yeah. Just, just, like my dad, yeah. I feel like always live life and really appreciate the little things. So I feel like I took a lesson from him. Is like it's, I really truly enjoy the little things in life, and mm -hmm. those just tend to be the most important things. The little tiny moments, the little tiny mm -hmm. things that are so routine, end up being you know the most significant. And I think we get blinded by the routine shit we go through every day and don't appreciate what's right in front of us. We're always constantly in the future or we're constantly stressing in the past, yet there's all that real estate in the middle that we forget about. Mm. So I think at the end of the day, it's just really important. I'm working on it, not perfect. I get caught up in the routine. Totally. But it's so important just to be in the present moment and just appreciate and be thankful for what we have now, no matter how much or how little it is. Mm. So, you know, I think the the overriding lesson, as there are many, is just just be here. Mm. Let's just be here right now because this is what's happening right now. Anything coming hasn't happened. Mm. Anything that has happened already happened. 
So it's just, you know, grab the bull by the horns and keep going. Mm. So, yeah. I love that. <laughs> Why do you think it's so hard for humans to be present? Like, what if we just like literally lived our life in the present moment? Like, what if there were like... What would that be like? I think it's so hard because there's so much shit going on. There's so yeah. much, it's just, you know, I, I think it's been thousands and thousands of millions of years of evolution that mm. have just trained our minds to have these filters and these defense mechanisms. It's just, and it's a lot of things to break down, you know, like 95, 90 to 95% of what we do is coming from our subconscious mind that we're not even realized. It's just like, it's a system that's built in us that we are trying to like chip away every day. Mm. So it's just inherently, it's very easy just to get back into that habit mode. And, you know, you can be very peaceful right now. I'm saying it right now, but as soon as I turn the mics off, I'm like, oh man, I forgot to send out that contract. I forgot mm. to do that. And then I, I try to like, I battle with myself. It's like, okay, I'll just let it go. Just trust mm. that it's going to go. And I heard a great analogy. It's like, I, I like to live life like you're driving through the fog. And it's like when you say so you're just driving through the fog and all you can see is a hundred feet in front of you, but you're on, you know, you're on the road and you just fall, you just trust that the next mm. hundred feet are going to continue to unreal, uh, un, un reveal, uh, itself. And I think that just goes back to living in the present moment. Like have a goal, but like know it's there, but mm -hmm. just like keep focused on the next hundred mm -hmm. feet. It's little by little. So I just think it's important to be present. And that, that's what I'm taking from you mm -hmm. is that you just seem like you, when you are trying to figure out what's important in life, you realize it seemed like, you know, just being the best version of you and be here. Mm. So it's nice. That's why I like putting these headphones on. Like, oh, we're just having a conversation. Yeah. If you have these mics, it's really hard just to have these conversations with people. Mm. So I'm hoping that, you know, people listening – going through it now or not, maybe you can take something from Margo because I know I already did. Aww. So I love the way you live life Thank and um, I would love to come to one of those planets you're talking about oh with you God. one day. I was going to say, do you ever feel like you're not from here or do you feel like pretty I don't know comfortable? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm comfortable because I'm trying to be comfortable, but like, <laughs> I don't know where we came from, what's next, but yeah. hopefully it's better and cooler. Hope we got some cool shit coming next because <laughs> yeah. that'd be fun. Um, I mean, life's fun right now, so... We'll see, but um, maybe you can visit me in my alien hometown. Yeah, cool. I'm gonna hopefully with the coronavirus flights to be pretty cheap. <laughs> so uh, hopefully by the next episode of Corona, this Corona bullshit's done. Um, but yeah, that's a whole other conversation. Um, but listen, I just want to thank you for being here. Yeah. I think you, uh, you know, you have a truly fun view on life and death. And I, it's there's a lot to pull from that. Oh well, thanks for having me. Of course, and um, you guys can check her out one more time at Margot Miller at Inc. Check out the T Rex dance. Oh yeah, Does get it out dance? there. It's a, it dance. A dance. It's, it's a dance. It's a full on dance. It's a full on dance. You gotta check out her Instagram. <laughs> she got some really cool shit. I promise you. And then uh, like I just learned that she is a life coach, so she has mm -hmm. some. Uh, it's a me. It makes a lot of sense as to why you have an insightful mm. view on all this. Oh, thank you. Um, so once again, uh, I'm gonna get my my audio guy Christopher Mealy to cue the music right now. And uh, guys, please subscribe. Listen to more episodes. I always forget to say this. So if you're listening this deep, please leave a review if you like it. If you don't like it, don't leave a review. Just you know, text me and let me know what's up. So once again, another episode of Dead Talks. My name is Dave Ferrugio, and kudos. <laughs> <laughs>